Good morning, everyone. And good morning to all our friends who are watching online as well. I have a couple of quick announcements for you. First, I wanted to let everyone know we had an awesome church picnic on Wednesday night. And at the church picnic, I also learned that this church is ready to run a 5K race because when the storm clouds came in, I've never seen people <laughs> scatter so fast in my life. So you're all very quick. Um, if you notice, our pulpit is not here today. And it's exciting why it's not here. We had our early learning center had a graduation here on Wednesday, and then Striplin Elementary has a graduation here for their kindergarten class this Thursday. So how awesome is that, that our church gets to host the elementary school graduation? Um, you're going to hear more about the early learning center in just a minute. The youth are going bowling this Wednesday night, so if you feel youthful, come bowling with the youth this Wednesday at the alley. Uh, Vacation Bible School is June 5th through the 8th. And Catherine, I don't know where she, Catherine's back there. Catherine would, would love your help for Vacation Bible School. And there's lots of ways you can help. You can help walk kids around to the different groups. And let's say you're here and you're a little intimidated by children. You're a little scared of them. There's ways you can help with not having to be around kids too. You can help set up, clean up, all kinds of stuff. So see Catherine and say, how can I help with Vacation Bible School? And remember to bring your kids to that as well. This Thursday night, uh, we will not have Thursday worship at 5.30, but at 6 o'clock on Thursday, we have a celebration of life service for Jane Herb. Uh, we would love to invite everyone to that to celebrate Jane Herb. Um, also want to let you know that outside these doors here, we have Mother's Day candy. So if you are a woman in the church, please get some candy. And you might say, well, I'm not a mother. If you're a woman in the church, you have been a mother to so many kids here and so many people here in the church, so we want to celebrate you today. Um, and lastly, I want to let you know to sign the attendance pads that are at the end of your pew so we can know who was with us. And now I'm going to invite Helene Haller to come talk about our Early Learning Center and some great things going on there. Johnson family. 
please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. may be seated. This is the time in the service we prepare our hearts for a time of tithe and offering. And as we say that, um, I wanted to remind you again why the pulpit was out uh, is because we had a graduation here for our early learning center. We celebrate that those kids are here. We celebrate that our church does so much ministry with Stripland Elementary and they get to have a kindergarten graduation here. It's because of your tithes and gifts that we're able to do such great ministries here at the church the closed closet, ladle of love. So we thank you for your continued uh, support of ministry here. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we pray that every gift that is given um, will be used for your glory and for your kingdom to touch lives in Gadsden and around the world. God, we also pray that you will bless the gifts of time and service as so many donate uh, time uh, here in the church and in the community. We pray that you will use those to do great things, to touch lives for you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
may be seated. On Mother's Day, we recognize that this is a Sunday that's a great celebration for a lot of people, but we also know that Mother's Day is really hard for other folks who may have lost a mother. And then there's some folks who just didn't have a mother figure in their life at all, and we remember them as well. So it's a different day for a lot of people. It means a lot of different things. So let's go to the Lord and pray this morning. Loving God, we mourn with those who are mourning this morning, um, who are having a hard Mother's Day. God, we also celebrate with those who are celebrating a great Mother's Day. We all come into this worship service with different hearts, um, with different burdens that we're bearing. God, we lift up those who are in the hospital this morning and those who are homebound. We pray that they will feel your peace and your presence. We pray for the caretakers. God, we pray for the kids that are getting ready to end school this week. Um, winding down with finals, and we pray for teachers as well, that you'll give them one, one last uh, boost of energy to finish out the school year. And God, when we aren't sure what to pray, we re- reminded of the words that Jesus taught us when he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And our children are invited to go to Children's Church. And everyone, would you please stand with us as we sing our hymn of preparation, 156. I love to tell the story.
Choir's awesome, aren't they? And choir, I'm not mad at you. I'm just down here today because there's no pulpit. So um, the choir's amazing, but I thought they were going to get replaced by the Early Learning Center choir. They were amazing too. So yeah, they were really great. So um, let's pray this morning. Loving God, I pray that through this scripture that you will speak to us. Pray that you will draw us closer to you and closer to each other. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this Mother's Day, um, I got a really tough scripture in the lectionary, and I thought, I always follow the lectionary, so I thought, I'm going to use this passage even though it's Mother's Day. Uh, But there is three simple rules. John Wesley, we could say three simple rules. I don't know if you know them. Does anybody know, if I say three simple rules in the United Methodist Church, does anyone know them? I bet Ken Casey does. If I start to say them, I think you all know these rules. Do no harm. Do good. Stay in love with God. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I know it does to my friends that came on Thursday night. They're, they're coming twice uh, to church. So do no harm, do good, stay in love with God. Um, and this was a John Wesley thing, and, uh, but it sounds like something your mother would have said, doesn't it? It does. It, or at least a Sunday school teacher, an aunt, somebody would have said something just like that. Um, and it sounds super easy to do, but it is not easy to do. I promise you that. Um, can you imagine if we reminded ourselves of these three simple rules every morning before our coffee? I don't have coffee. I don't know what it is you have. I have cream of wheat and tea. But whatever it is you have, can you imagine if you reminded yourself of three simple rules? To wake up and ask God to help you to do no harm, do good, stay in love with God. 
The passage I'm about to read is from 1 Peter. Uh, and in this passage, the original audience would have been spread out a little bit. There had been some persecution. So this group of believers has been spread out from some other groups of believers. So they've been through a tough time. And here's what the original audience, this is the scripture they would have gotten. It's 1 Peter 3, 8 through 20, and I'll be reading from the Common English Bible. Finally, all of you be of one mind, sympathetic, lovers of your fellow believers, compassionate and modest in your opinion of yourselves. Don't pay back evil for evil or insult for insult. Instead, give blessing in return. You are called to do this so that you might inherit a blessing. For those who want to love life and see good days should keep their tongue from evil speaking and their lips from speaking lies. They should shun evil and do good. Seek peace and chase after it. The Lord's eyes are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers, but the Lord cannot tolerate those who do evil. Who will harm you if you are zealous for doing good? But happy are you even if you suffer because of righteousness. Don't be terrified or upset by them. Instead, regard Christ, uh, the Lord, as holy in your hearts. Whenever anyone asks you to speak of your hope, be ready to defend it. Yet do this with a respectful and humility. Maintain a good conscience. Act in this way so that others who malign your good lifestyle in Christ may be ashamed when they slander you. It is better to suffer for doing good, as this could possibly be God's will, than for doing evil. Christ himself suffered on an account of sins. Once for all, the righteous uh, one on behalf of the unrighteous. He did this in order to bring you into the presence of God. Christ was put to death as a human, but made alive by the Spirit. And it was by the Spirit that he went to preach the spirits in prison. In the past, these spirits were disobedient. When God patiently waited during the time of Noah, Noah built an ark in which a few, that is eight, lives are rescued through water. Um, when we think about this passage, I think it really describes these three things. To do no harm, do good, stay in love with God. We could even say the first couple passages uh, would be the do no harm part, right? Um, it talks about in the very beginning of being one mind with other believers. It sounds really hard to do, and I don't think it means to be in one mind. We have to agree on everything. Maybe that's part of being of one mind, to agree on the basics, to love God, to love our neighbor, and maybe to agree that we have different opinions, different talents, different gifts, but we love each other, right? That's being of one mind, being of one mind. Remember, this original audience had suffered some persecution, so my translation would be, y'all love each other. It's tough times. You got to stick together. Um, be sympathetic. In youth group, we talk about empathy all the time because they'll give a story about how somebody's being a jerk at school or something, and we can talk about empathy. Why is that person acting that way? Try to think about where somebody else is coming from. Having symp being sympathetic, right? Being sympathetic with other believers. Be understanding of what's going on with their lives. Um, I don't know who the famous person that said this was, but I'm going to guess it was a mother, okay? When I search this quote, I can't really figure out who said it. But if you don't have something nice to say, who said that? Did your mother come up with that quote? Maybe so. Somebody in here's mother or grandmother, great-grandmother came up with that quote, all right? Um, that could fall under the section of do no harm by being sympathetic, understanding of people. 
People do not need my rude comment, right? Um, be lovers of your fellow believers. Now, we did this on Thursday night, and we did this in the early service, but look around a little bit in the sanctuary, just out the corner of your eye. You have to love these people, right? We're an odd bunch, don't you think? We have to love each other, and that's sometimes hard to do. That's sometimes hard to do. And if I said, think of somebody who's hard to love in here, do not look at your mother right now. It's Mother's Day, all right? You will be in so much trouble. You'll be in so much trouble. Um, but that's what this scripture is saying, to love other believers, care about them. And it's not just in here. We're supposed to love all believers, right? So, I mean, Benny and JT, we're going to let out late today. We're going to preach extra long. What do you think? Sing extra songs. And we're going to let the Baptist beat us to lunch. And, and just imagine, I'm not, not really going to happen, all right? So just imagine you get to lunch late. The Baptists are already sitting at all the tables. They let out earlier than us. And they're done eating their meal, but they're sitting still drinking coffee, just talking, and you're like, let your table up already, right? We got to love them too. We got to love them too, right? Love other believers. But it's not just other believers. We know throughout Scripture, we have to love unbelievers, right? And Scriptures even take it further when they say to love our enemies. That's hard stuff, isn't it? Hard stuff to do. This passage we read this morning, it said, don't pay back evil for evil or insult for insult. In other words, do no harm. Um, this one stings when I read it because if I'm honest, I am so good at a good insult comeback. Anybody else? I think it's because I'm a Yankee. You know, they just pop right out. Uh, they just pop right out. Has anybody here, you don't have to raise your hand or anything, but have any of you ever been insulted and you insult so quick back you didn't even think about what you were saying? Like, you didn't think about the consequences of it, that it might, like, get you fired or might um, ruin a relationship. You didn't even think about the consequences of that insult you were giving back. Um, it's tough. This is a tough passage. Do no harm. I told you it wasn't easy. It's a constant struggle for all of us. During the season of Lent, when we talked to teenagers about giving things up, several of the teenagers had this idea when we talked about it. Some of them said, I'm going to give up talking back to my parent, or I'm going to give up talking back to my teacher, or being rude to kids at school when they're rude to me. But I mean, I'm not saying they passed on that, but that was an attempt, right? That was an attempt during the season of Lent for some of our youth. Um, it's a constant struggle. Verse 9 says, instead of insult or harm, to give a blessing. So it takes it even further than not insulting back. Give a blessing? And I know what I, when somebody insults me, I think I'm going to give them a blessing, right? I'm going to give them a blessing. All right. But an, a blessing is not a rude comment, a punch in the face, a rude hand gesture while we're driving. That is not a blessing, right? Um, a blessing is doing something kind and caring for someone. Um, this is the example I gave on Thursday night, and I like to pick on Pastor Sam when he's not here because he can't defend himself. So let's say that Pastor Sam is being super cranky. By the way, Pastor Sam's never cranky in the office. That's why I'm using him as an example. But if Pastor Sam were to come in cranky in the office on Monday, just like, and he insults me, a blessing that I could do is say, I realize you're having a rough day. I'm going to go get you a Coke from McDonald's. By the way, if you ever want to do something nice for Pastor Sam, he loves his McDonald's drinks, all right? But that's something you could do. Or a blessing to someone in your office that's being extra cranky. They insult you in the morning. Maybe a nice thing to do is say, hey, I appreciate all the work you've been doing. I realize you're having a bad day. How can I help you out? 
It's hard to do, though, isn't it, when somebody's cranky? It's hard to do. Um, Sometimes maybe the blessing to someone is to say, I realize that you're having a bad day. I'm going to give you a little space. Kids, for Mother's Day, it's a great thing. If your mom's being a little cranky, say, I'm going to give you a little space. Sometimes mom want to break. Moms want to break from kids for a little time, right? Um, it's hard stuff to do, to give the blessing. And then it says, when we do this, we will be given a blessing, right? We may inherit a blessing. Maybe the blessing that we inherit for not insulting other people when they insult us or giving harsh words back, maybe the blessing for us is a peaceful spirit, right? If I get an argument, I get in arguments, it happens. So what we do, we insult back and forth with people, what does that do? It makes us stressed out, it's bad for our health, uh, it ruins our sleep, it can. So maybe the blessing is a peaceful spirit, good health, good night's sleep, because we don't have all that extra stress in our life. Um, I think that's part of the blessing, just when we don't engage in the horrible stuff. There's a great theologian, a modern-day theologian, and some of you might know her, uh, Taylor Swift. You guys know her? She says something that is very wise that we could think of. When somebody insults us or is giving us junk in life, what could we do from Taylor Swift? What would we do? Shake it off off from the choir. Yes, shake it off. It's exactly right. That's very, very true. And then there's another great theologian that some of you know, Queen, uh, Queen Elsa. Do you know what she said? Let it go. That's right. That's right. Y'all are good. Y'all are good with your modern-day theologians. Um, but sometimes that's the best thing we can do, is just let it go, shake it off. It's good for our health, right? But it also, it's helping that other person, because we're not engaging in that. We're giving a blessing. And I I told you, like, this is a hard sermon to preach. I struggle with every one of these. So when I point my finger, I'm not pointing it at you. I have three pointing back at me and a thumb pointing back at me, right? So I struggle with all these. The next one is to do good. We do good. We could say that's the next chunk of these passages. Um, Talks about doing good. And doing good is fun, right? We love to help with the ladle of love, the clothes closet. Doing good is great. But sometimes it's not. It says, verse 11, to shun evil and to do good, seek peace and chase after it. We ask ourselves today, are we chasing after peace? Um, Verse 13, who will harm you if you are zealous of doing good? Sometimes people do harm you for doing good, don't they? Sometimes they do. In church work, sometimes people say, why are you helping that person? Now, we get that sometimes. Why are you helping that person? Uh, That person's in that situation because of mistakes they made, and you say... Yeah, we all have put ourselves in bad situations from mistakes we've made. We all need a little help, right? We have to be able to answer that. But people will sometimes talk bad about us or harm us for doing good. Think about people in history who have been harmed for doing good, right? Probably could all think of great examples of that. The first one that pops into my mind is MLK, right? Harm for doing good, for standing up for people, for standing up for justice. MLK is threatened, and ultimately killed for doing good. So it does happen. Scripture says, though, happy are you if you suffer for doing good. Don't be terrified or upset by them. It sounds easy, but that is hard to do. It's hard to do. Jesus is the ultimate example of all three of these simple rules, because Jesus suffers for doing good, does he not? He suffers, ultimately, death on the cross for doing good. And even from the cross, 
Jesus does no harm. Because from the cross, what does Jesus say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And during times of suffering, Jesus stays in love with God. Stays in love with God. Because we will all face times where we stand up for justice, for the oppressed, we stand up for the marginalized, we speak up. Sometimes people won't like it, but we have to continue to do good. And when people insult us or say bad things about us for it, it's a struggle, but we're called to do no harm to them as well. To share love, grace, try to explain to them why we do what we do. Verse 15 says, whenever someone asks you to speak of your hope, be ready to defend it. Be ready to defend it, right? People want to know, why do you go to church, right? Sometimes people might ask you, why do you get up for every Sunday and go sing in the choir? Aren't you tired? Right? People ask it. People really, they want, to, they want you to defend this. They want to ask you these things. But not only do they want us to defend that, they're, they're watching how we live, right? They're watching how we live. It's oftentimes not our words. It's oftentimes not our words. People are watching us. I'm just going to pick on the choir because they're so far away from me today. But just imagine the Olive Garden today, right? Some of the choir goes to the Olive Garden. One of the choir members is rude at the Olive Garden and... Uh, People are watching us. They know who we are. And they might say at the Olive Garden, man, those people, those people that go to church, they're so rude, right? Or imagine that pastor that's at Walmart that's had a long day, stressed out, tired, and is being rude to the cashier. That's Pastor Sam, by the way, not me. Um, but just imagine, like people are watching us. They're watching us. They want us to have an example. They want us to lead by example. They, wanna, they want us to be able to say why we do what we do, why we live the way we live. Um, people are watching us. We have to be careful with our words and our actions. Are our lives telling a story of a life saved by grace, a life being transformed? We have to be ready to defend it, is what the scripture says. Be ready to defend it. People want to know why we do what we do, why we help people. Verse 16 talks about having a good Christian lifestyle, a good character, so that when people slander you, it's not going to harm you. It only causes harm for them or shame for them. And that's so true. Like, if people are talking bad about you, spreading lies about you, and you have great character, people in the community are going to know it's not true because they know who you are. They know who you are, and ultimately it only brings shame on them, is what this passage says. Let's jump to the third rule. Stay in love with God. It's the last rule. And Reverend Ken knows that as a United Methodist, I don't move John Wesley's stuff around, right? I get big trouble. But I like to think of stay in love with God as the first rule. <laughs> because if I'm not staying in love with God, it's really hard to do no harm. It's really hard to do good, isn't it? If we're not staying in love with God. How do we stay in love with God? It's for me, following spiritual disciplines, spiritual practices. And some of those are the ones that you're thinking of, reading the Bible, praying, taking a walk and praying. But sometimes it's really other simple things too. Like a good night's sleep is very spiritual. Taking a nap is spiritual. Taking rest is spiritual. Saying no sometimes so you're not overworked, so that you can breathe and rest and actually love other people, that's spiritual, spiritual. Uh, one that's really funny, people always laugh about it, but it's a very spiritual practice for me, having lunch every day and not missing my lunch. Do you all know people who say, I was too busy, I skipped lunch, I worked through it? That's crazy. I, I tell you, if I skip lunch, I will do harm. 
and I will not do good. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, there's some of us. That's a spiritual practice for a lot of us, to stay in love with God, even on the hard days, to stay in love with God, even during times of transition in our lives, to stay in love with God. This is a hard one. Even on Monday mornings, Monday mornings, to stay in love with God. Even on days when we don't feel like it, stay in love with God. All three of those rules, they all go hand in hand. They all need each other. So we always have to be ready, even on Monday. Do no harm, do good, and what? Ken Casey was paying attention. He might have been the only one, but yes, stay in love with God. All right, so when you go to lunch today and your mother asks you, what did you learn at church? Do no harm, do good, stay in love with God. Let's pray. Loving God, I pray that you will help each of us to follow these three simple rules. They're hard, but I pray that you will help us to do them. And God, we, we pray that when we mess up, when we don't obey these rules, when we, when we slip up, God, I pray that we will know you are forgiving, that you love us, you care for us, and I pray that you will gently redirect us to follow them again. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand and sing our closing hymn with us? 430. As we leave here, I wanted you to just see that we have a sound booth back here. These people make everything happen. They're amazing. 
They make a Facebook Live happen so people can watch from home. And they're awesome. They make the sound happen. So just give them a clap. They're amazing. And our acolytes every Sunday are absolutely amazing, aren't they? And I picked on the choir a lot today. So when you leave today, tell the choir how much you love them. And as we leave here today, may we do, may we do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God.